You are listening to the In Kinship Podcast, a podcast for makers, makers who crave a joy-filled, vibrant, fully lit up life on their own terms. And I'm your host, Tina Vandenberg. You're joining me for day four of the Find Your Joy series. You can find links to the books I talk about and other things that I mention in the show notes. Simply go to kinshiphandwork.com backslash joy. Let's get started. Hey there, here we are on day four. And this is where we're going to talk about something that you're probably going to cheer for and also have deep resistance to. And maybe not, but probably (laughs) if you're anything like me, you are going to be like, yes, I don't want to do those things. But actually putting them into practice is so hard because we have a lot of expectation around ourselves on the things that we say yes to that we don't really want to be saying yes to, right? We feel like we should. We feel like we need to. We feel like I won't be the nice person if I don't say yes to this. They want it. They expect it. I should do it. It's my responsibility. Oh my gosh, we have so many stories around the things that we say yes to that we don't really truly want to do. And you know, I'm certain that when you say yes to something that you don't really want to do, you probably don't have the kind of energy and love that would give it its best chance of success. I mean, you're still going to work hard on it. And you're still going to be the awesome person that you are. But that little bit of magic that you can bring to something that makes it effortless, that makes it flow, is going to be missing because really you're forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do. I know you've experienced this with yourself. I know you've experienced it with your loved ones when they are doing something that you know they don't really want to do, but they've agreed to it anyway. Like it just creates this sense of frustration for everybody involved. And so I'm going to tell you here in a minute ways to take a look at all of your commitments and sort of test it with three different questions. What in that list is like, yes, I can't wait to do this. So we're going to mark those. We're going to pull those kind of out of the list. Those are the, yeah, obviously I want to do these things. Everything that's left, we're going to look at it through the lens of, is there anything? First of all, does it have to be done? Period. Does it have to be on the list? Does anyone have to do it? Do you have to do it? Does it need to even be there? Does I'll bet you? When we get really honest, there's a lot that does not have to happen at all. And... Then once we've determined that, we look at the parts that are left and we'll look at, okay, so of the things that are left, what could I give to somebody else? What could somebody else do? What on this list does not need to be done by me, right? And that is really painful sometimes for people because it can be like, yeah, but I can do it or I don't want to impose on anyone else. And there's all this story again around why we should be doing the things that we don't really have to be doing. It does not have to be us. And then the final thing is, what can you just physically say no to? What can you say, yep, no, this is not right in my life and do it with an honesty and a grace and integrity. Because I know if you're anything like me, one of the things that you fear is that you're going to hurt someone's feelings by not coming to something or doing something or responding to something that they have asked you to do or you're going to seem selfish, or you're going to seem like you're ungrateful. Like there are all these stories we have that we tell ourselves again when we have a commitment 
that we say yes to that we wish we hadn't. Like, I'm not a good daughter if I don't show up for all. I actually have this perfect example, this battle that I'm going through right this moment. So my dad has been alien for a long time. And he just went into the hospital with pancreatitis. And he's on kidney dialysis. He's got a whole list of things going on in his body. I was just down there last week. He lives four hours from me. And then this morning, so right now we don't know anything. We don't, like if this is just acute and he needs just a few days to recover in the hospital and then he'll be back home. We don't know if this is something more serious. We don't know yet. So he left me a message this morning and he said, I need you to come down. I need you to pick me up some things. And of course, immediately as his daughter, I'm like, he needs things. I've got to go. Right. But like, I have a life. I have a little boy. I have work I need to get done and work that requires me to be in location, right? I can't just pick up this work and take it with me. And I also just bought land and I'm trying to get all of my permits in order. And that was on my list to do today as well is to get all those turned in to get everything moving so that hopefully I can move this fall. So I have all these things happening. Several times a year, I end up spending time in the hospital with my dad. And I am grateful that I'm able to do that. And at the same time, sometimes I feel an obligation to it, right? So today, when he said he needed something, I immediately had that response. I call him. I ask him how he's doing. Right now, there's no tests that have been done yet. He's still just waiting in the hospital. Checked in. And things that he needs are clean underwear and clean t-shirts. I live four hours away. And I'm like, that's what you need me to run down? And of course, like, I am emotionally intelligent enough, and I know that you probably saw this right away too, to understand that really, he's afraid and he's lonely. And I understand that, and my heart breaks for that. But I'm trying to find what would feel good in the moment to both be a loving daughter who can show up for him and also honor the things that I need to be doing in my life, the things I want to be doing right now to move my life forward. And so I actually asked my grandma, who has passed on, who I've been having some kind of an emotional connection with lately and talking to in a way, just kind of strange, I know, but maybe you won't think it is. I don't know. And through somebody else came the idea to reach out to family members that I have 20 minutes away from where my dad is and ask if they can go visit him and maybe bring him some clean underwear and t-shirts. And that felt like I got to both honor what I need to do today and also take care of my dad in a way. I'm also going to call him several times and I'm ready to run down if things take a turn. But it's okay for me to weigh what's going on and honor what it is that I need to do. And that does not mean that I'm good, right? So that just happened today. (laughs) So in this exercise, what I want you to do is I want you to make a list. List, list, list. I love lists, right? But there's a little to get out of your brain what you're thinking and to get it in hand. And I actually prefer writing by hand because I think that there's this like very visceral connection, physical connection, even if you will, 
between your brain and your hand and you're able to get it out. I know that we don't write all that often in this day and age. So being on the computer or on your phone, whatever, is totally fine. But give yourself a list because even if you think you know in your head what all the things are, there's a power to see that listed out. And there's an ability then to see and pull out things that you might be forgetting that are hidden behind the bigger things in life. So I want you to get out a piece of paper and I want you to write out all of your commitments, all the things you have going on. And, you know, obviously like this could be just the next week or the next couple of weeks, or it could just be life in general. It could be a your day-to-day kind of experience. Like every day you're the one who gets up with the children and you're the one who gets some fed and like all these things and write those kind of obligation or the things that you have committed to on this paper. And then I want you to just brain dump that. Give it some time. Get as much on there as you can think of, as much as feels right. And when you're done, you'll know it. And then after you've written it out, I want you to take a look at it. And I want you to read each one and feel in your body. This is a great exercise to feel what feels like a, yes, I'm excited for this. And what feels like, no, I do not want this at all. And what feels like complicated, (laughs) right? So first of all, let's find the things that feel amazing. And let's pull those off the list and put them on their own little list. Those are the things that are right for you in your life right now. Those are things that feel really good. And obviously you probably put work on there or some version of work and work might be like, no, I don't want to do this. Or maybe your list is even bigger than that. And it's more like um, staff meetings, uh, writing a proposal, right? These different things. And those some of those elements you might absolutely adore and hate other ones. And so like, that's important to know too. Because what can we reduce in our lives that does not feed us, it does not give us joy, it does not make us feel excited or expansive because those are kind of a waste of our energy, right? And obviously, I know we're all living this life and we have to do the things we have to do. But I'm going to challenge you to think, like, do you really? Do you really have to do the things? Can you not have a conversation with your boss to say, this is what I'm great at, this is what I feel really good about, and I can do all of things really well. These things suck my energy and take my time up and make it so I'm not as good at the things that I'm good at. Can you have a conversation like that? Maybe you can, right? Open yourself up to the possibility. We can kind of approach this exercise with a closed down mindset that we have obligations. We have to do certain things. We have responsibilities and we do, but maybe not as strictly as we think. Maybe there's room for some expansion. So pull out the things that feel amazing. Then look at the rest of it and determine, is there anything that you can just like, that's an easy prune, an easy get rid of, an easy like, I this does not really need to happen. It's not of a big consequence to anyone. It's an easy thing to say no to. Get rid of those and like schedule into your calendar an email if you need to send it or a phone call, whatever it is that you need to make that happen, put that down on your to-do list, make it happen. Don't just do this list. Like I want you to do something with this list. All right. So now you've pulled out the things that are easy. I want you to look over the list and determine, okay, well, what on here and all that's left, what does not actually have to be done by you? Like, I know it feels crazy sometimes to think of maybe having a housekeeper 
or to think of hiring somebody to do some kind of a food service. But I completely buy into this idea that money cannot buy happiness, right? It can't. Our joy is not related to the money once we have our basic needs met. Our basic needs, if we don't have food, shelter, clothing, we don't have the things that we need just to survive, then our joy, our contentedness, our happiness is somewhat tied to the money we have. There's so much stress there and not being able to make ends meet on your basic needs. Once you get past your basic needs, money doesn't buy happiness, but it can buy you time. And time can equate to joy and happiness. Time is a big deal, right? So if you have the funds, or even if you don't, figure out a way to, you can not have your daily Starbucks and now you've got the money to hire a housekeeper every two weeks, right? Those things, bringing in help, are so important to our vitality. And we live such isolated lives, most of us, that we live our lives, we do all of our own things. And you're like, I know I am like a do-it-yourselfer from way back. But I'm learning that I don't have to do all the things. I do things I want myself because I like to do them myself, not because I have to. When we lived in a more communal kind of a setting, there was a whole tribe to help us, not just with child rearing, which is huge. I can't even imagine like that would be an amazing situation to have a whole tribe of people to look out for you and your children and like to have this communal kind of work would be amazing. And I know it's got its own issues, but what I'm saying is we as humans were meant to be in community. We are meant to help one another out in ways that feel really beautiful. And so I do not want you to feel guilty about taking some of those things on your list and finding other people to do them. Whether you hire those other people, whether you take advantage of ordering your groceries online and picking them up at the curb, save yourself an hour, save yourself the hassle of bringing your children into the grocery store and saying no, 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 no to all the things that they want. All the ways in which you can set yourself up for more space and more ease are beautiful. And I, that's what I want you to look at next. And sometimes that's going to mean that something on your list is something that you're going to ask a family member to do in your household. And you may have some resistance to that. But all, you know, they old saying like, ain't nobody happy if mama's not happy, <laughs> something like that. There's so much truth to that. It's not just mama. Although I believe that oftentimes the mom, the matriarch, the woman of the household sort of sets the tone. And that's not to say that the dad doesn't bring his own or the male component doesn't bring his own energy because like they have their own energy <laughs> bring for sure. But I think that um, we have a lot of power to set the tone and to make the house into a home, right? And so you feeling like you're overwhelmed and like you have more responsibility than is your fair share is not serving anyone. It isn't serving your partner. It's not serving your children. Like it's not serving you for certain. So having family meetings, coming together and saying, here are all the things that are on my plate. And then hearing what's on the plate of your partner, what's on the plate maybe of your kids, depending on their age. And rearranging what you can to work better for all of you and coming to some kind of an agreement 
is powerful stuff. So I want you to take the time to do that. We could talk about this for a long time. And we probably will in the Embody Your Joy program. Program. No, that's not what it is. It's a circle. It's a membership. I haven't decided yet. You're going to find out maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Anyway, take the time to do that. And then the things that are left, the things that you can't delegate, the things that are not what you love, the things that you can't easily cull off, those things that are left that do not feel like what you want to do, I want you to look at those seriously and with an open mind and determine, do you really have to do those things? Really? And I think to some degree, running down to help my dad out today, four hours away from my house, is sort of in that grouping, right? So I got creative and I thought of a different solution that made me feel okay, like I was still helping, like I was still there giving him assistance. I'm still available. I'm still plugged into his situation, but I'm not dropping everything I have to race down there yet. And so I think there are ways you might be able to look at those creatively. There are ways you might be able to just say no, because there's only so much time in your life. And anytime you open a door and commit your energy to something, you're taking away from something else you could be doing, right? Every time. So anytime you're on your phone for an hour, there's an hour that you do not have to read your book or go for a walk. Anytime we make a choice and like not making a choice is still making a choice. We are not able to do something else in our life because there's only so much. In fact, like you may have this problem too. Like sometimes I have so many things I want to do and I'm like, I got to shut the door on some of these because I'm never going to get any of them done if I have all these doors open, right? I got to decide what's the most important. So sometimes it's not even a matter of like this list of things I don't want to do. It's like I have too many things that I want to do. I have to cull it down to what is most important to me because energy is finite. Time is finite. So there you go, my friends. That's today's lesson. I want you to prune, call, distill, whatever you want to say, your commitments. And this is something I would like you to do every quarter, every month, whatever, like fairly frequently to remember. Because those things creep back on your list and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you got to continually, you got to continually cull it off. It's just like pruning. I think pruning is a great word for it. Just like pruning your apple trees, right? Like if you want those apples that are most important, the ones that are beautiful, that are bug free, if you want them to grow big and beautiful and delicious, you got to prune off the extra stuff that's draining the energy of the tree. You have to. Oh, I have one more thing. Gosh, I can't do these fast. I'm so sorry. I wish I could. I just have a lot to say to you. So I recently saw an interview with Matthew McConaughey on a podcast, and he was talking about fires, little campfires. And I love this analogy, too. So this really relates to what we're talking about. And he talked about that he imagines, like, all the projects he wants to work on, all the things. And this is, like, commitments, whatever. As little campfires on top of his desk, right? which is how I picture it. I don't know if he said that, but that's how I pictured it. He's got all these little campfires of all the things he's dabbling in. And they're all sort of, like, you know, they're smoking, there's some flames, none of them are like thriving because there's only so much energy. 
And when he got really clear about what was the very most important things to him in his life and cut out everything that didn't fit into that, commitments to other people, things he liked that he wanted to do, but that just he didn't have the energy for and they weren't the most important thing. When he got to really clear about what he wanted to do in life, it was, I think these were his three. He wanted to be an actor for hire. He wanted to take care of his body and his health. And he wanted time with his family. Those were the three campfires that were left. And we called and snuffed out all the rest of those campfires, like good things, like producing movies and having a production company and like really fun things, right? Things he enjoyed. But what he loved most is being an actor for hire. So he called it down. He's not doing any of that other stuff anymore. He's doing what fits into that campfire, even though those other things are shiny and and beautiful and now he's got these three campfires and they're bonfires like he has so much more energy to infuse those with that they have now become bonfires and they're thriving and they're giving him joy and ease and so that's really what this exercise is about okay get out your paper write it all down i can't wait to hear what you call away and what you keep Tomorrow is our last day of the Finding Your Joy workshop, and we are going to talk about taking some of the knowledge we have learned this last week and pulling those pieces together and taking the steps to put them into our lives, like not just having the knowledge, but actually the doing. And it's the doing that we are going to focus on and embody your joy. So that's going to be our beautiful little circle. I call it a circle where we take this kind of knowledge and we learn more because I love to learn and it's amazing what we can, how we can cultivate ourselves, right? And how we can grow. But we're going to take the knowledges that we're learning. We're going to take the things that we know. We're going to read books and have book clubs, but then we're going to really, the meat of it is to take that and put it into practice. And not just for a week or two, but for your lifetime. So I'll see you tomorrow.